0: Welcome to the Soul Talks podcast, where we equip pastors, leaders, and other men and women in ministry to thrive with Jesus in their life and leadership. Now let's join Bill and Christy Galtier, doctors in psychology, spiritual directors, and founders of Soul Shepherding. Oh, Soul Talk friends, Bill and I are so thankful to the Lord for you and the way that you are joining us and following Jesus. And we are going to be practicing what we preach this week. And we're not going to record a Soul Talk podcast. But we are going to still bring you one of our favorite Soul Talk conversations. This was recorded two and a half years ago in the summer of 2017. Bill and I were having a conversation about how C.S. Lewis and some of his writings have inspired us and help us to remember that God is with us. He breaks through even our stresses, even times where we are in pain, where we have experienced some trauma, some neglect, and many of us have experienced that this year with all that has come with the coronavirus and elections and so many different waves and ripple effects. And so we just want to remind you here at the end of this year that God is with us and that he breaks through. He breaks through for us right when we need him. And as we reflect on this year, I encourage you to spend some time reflecting. When in 2020 did you experience God breaking through? When did you experience yourself in the kingdom of God? When did you find yourself cuddling up close to Jesus, like the children in the Narnia series series that C.S. Lewis wrote, Do With Aslan. When did you find yourself battling, caught up in the important work and mission that God's called you to do? Thank him for that. Thank him for those times when you've noticed him breaking through in your life, those times when you found yourself stepping into his kingdom. And I hope our conversation will facilitate that for you and give you a vision to pray into next year. And how can you be more awake to God with you in all of your life? We love you, friends. We thank you for following Jesus with us, and we're looking forward to more Soul Talks in 2021, especially as we're looking forward to sharing with you the content that God has given us for Journey of the Soul. So thank you. Enjoy this little blast from the past. We love you.
1: The most famous in uh, first of the series of the Chronicles of Narnia, The line the Witch, in the Wardrobe, and Lucy goes into the wardrobe in a game of hide and seek, and then she's stepping into the snow and feeling uh, the branches of the evergreen trees and she's in Narnia and she leads the other uh her sister and, and brothers in there with her.
0: Yeah, and when they first get in, they don't they don't know why they're there. They don't know you know that Aslan's called them and he's got a mission for them or something he's doing that they're participating in. They learn that along the way.
1: It's a really interesting thing and I just love it as a uh, analogy for the kingdom of God because you can't like force yourself in there you can't make it happen and yet there is always some sense that they've been longing for mm. for god for, yes. for adventure uh, this kind of a thing and so it's yes. a it's a serendipity but you can kind of have your self in a place of readiness or longing
0: yes you've been reading about some of c.s lewis's writings on longing
1: well he has a very interesting definition of joy And when he talks about joy, particularly in his autobiography, Surprised by Joy, he capitalizes the J because it's such, for him, such a holy state, and he's meaning to draw attention to the word. And what he means by joy is not what we think of. We think of of pleasure and happiness and uh, enjoying things and being fulfilled and so forth. And what he actually means is longing, Mm. great desire for God. And that he says this has a, a stab of joy in it mm. because it leaves us wanting more. Uh, we have an, an encounter with God of whatever kind, you know, reading in the scripture, uh, you know, in, in nature, a special moment in a relationship, uh, even a mystical experience. He says they they, they tantalize us, these uh, senses of, of God's presence. We talked about John Wesley and the, the warming of the heart when we we experience God being near. And he says, this is a, is a bliss, a, mm. a wonderful, happy thing, but yet it is tinged with uh, uh, sadness, maybe even a deep sadness, because so much of life isn't like this, and there's so much more that we're longing for. And so Lewis says, well, if we find in ourselves a desire for something uh, so intense and so wonderful, and it can't be satisfied, that gives us a clue that we are made for another world.
0: Mm, yeah, that's so helpful. That just gives us such hope, doesn't it? Yeah,
1: we're made for the Garden of Eden, and our, our sin, in uh, sin, we we left. We didn't want to depend on God, so we've lost the Garden through our ancestors. Now we're we're longing to go back, and heaven is all the way back in. <laughs> yeah, our future and glory uh, with the Lord and the saints and the angels, serving Him for all eternity.
0: But heaven breaks through here and and now for us too.
1: And that's called the kingdom of the heavens. And Jesus said, uh, rethink how you're living your life in light of this wonderful uh, opportunity of a lifetime. That if you come to me, if you put your trust and confidence in me, Jesus says, as your Lord and your Savior, you can bring uh, yourself and whatever you're doing right now into the Father's world with me. And this is a place of... Righteousness, peace, and joy, Paul later explains.
0: So it's helpful if we are aware of this reality and attentive to that and responsive to that. And then it helps us to be more alert to where maybe when God is breaking through in our lives.
1: And yet what happens to a lot of us is that we, uh, because as we go through life, we have disappointments and we experience injustices. We have pain we we tend to want to shut that down through our defense mechanisms various ways of coping so one example i'm thinking of a pastor i helped some years ago I was associate pastor at a church in orange county and was an alcoholic high functioning alcoholic but had become uh, emotionally and physically dependent on alcohol and he'd been uh, he'd relapsed Back into his problem, and he was hiding it from everybody. You know the others on staff and people that he ministered to. And one day, the the lead pastor uh, around the office could tell, you know, could smell because when when someone's really been drinking and their just system is saturated with alcohol, you can actually smell it on their body. And and he put two and two together and realized, oh, he's gone back to to drinking. You know, after all these years. And so he referred him to me for counseling. And so this whole process now that he had to go through with me we you know in the therapy we did some uncovering and learned his story you know and he grew up in a home where he had a father that was perfectionistic and uh just really difficult to please but mostly was workaholic and just gone all the time so he was raised by his his mom and mom you know loved him was a good christian lady but very insecure and uh so my friend experienced what we call trauma b
0: mhm yeah know. But for our listeners, what's trauma B?
1: Yeah. Well, we think about trauma A, which is normal trauma, which is abuse and very painful experiences that we might go through in life. Trauma B is emotional neglect. Yeah. When you don't receive empathy, when you don't receive listening and emotional nurture and bonding, you don't develop secure attachment. It's subtle. It doesn't seem like a big wound. But he had his childhood was just full of this, mm. this um, emotional disconnect. Mm-hmm. And so he had this emptiness inside. And growing up, he, he just didn't know how to deal with the stresses and hurts that come along in life. And so he, he didn't know how to feel his emotions
0: right.
1: and to seek support from somebody, to seek listening. So he, he started shutting it down. And, you know, you can do that through playing games, you can do that through trying to do well in school, you can do that through your friendships, just try to stay happy and and productive and so forth. But, you know, as he got into adolescence, he started experimenting with alcohol and drugs, and then he found that was the really powerful way to shut down that emptiness and those anxieties and bad feelings, you know. And so uh, one thing led to another, and he became an alcoholic. Well, when he became a Christian, he got free of that. At least for a number of years, and then in the stress that came along later, when I met him, he had relapsed and you know really gone deep into using the drinking to cope with the problems in his marriage and his family and and you know how he's feeling about himself and his ministry and so forth. And so we need to do some uncovering work to get at that emptiness, and I needed to get at the emotions, mm-hmm. so follow those emotions you know deeper into his life story and into his heart and help him learn how to talk about his life and his feelings and his needs in a way that would engage me as I'm empathizing and having compassion for him and help him learn how to receive that. He didn't he, he did even know how to ask for that.
0: Right. He didn't even know the need. He'd shut it down. Yeah.
1: He didn't know the language of, of emotions. He didn't know how to talk about this. And so I'm drawing him out and teaching him how to put words to his experience and helping him go deeper in his self-disclosure.
0: Yeah, well, I'm imagining that as he was shutting down his emotions and his needs, that also shuts down any longing for God. Yeah,
1: and uh, thank you, because that's my point, is that this closed off Narnia to him. Yes. I mean, in one sense, not really. God loves us all, and he's Mm -hmm. loving my friend in the midst of his alcoholism. Yes. But my friend's not connecting with him, Mm -hmm. you see, and he's not trusting in the Lord who is present. He doesn't know how to receive and absorb the grace of God that is always present for us. I mean, he believes in it, obviously, mm-hmm. as a pastor, he's teaching wow. on it, but he's lost contact with it. Mm-hmm. He, he had it before, and he can tell stories about the past and how God met him and so forth mm-hmm. and delivered him and did all these great things in his life. But then now he's got this season he's, he's in now this going you know months and into uh, some years where he's really not connecting personally with the Lord. But uh, through the course of talking with me and receiving empathy and compassion and the catharsis of just releasing the, the pain and the unmet needs and, and the grief work, you see, and then receiving the comfort, that begins to, to free him up and he begins to slowly become alive. Uh, of course, the forgiveness work of you know, forgiving his mom and his dad and others in his life releases him from the resentment and the bitterness and opens up his soul to the presence of God. And so now he starts having, Is he, is he's sober, and as he's in relationship and living in truth and, and in honesty, he begins to have serendipitous experiences, touches from the Holy Spirit, you know, warmings, and a sense of God's presence that's always been there. But see, now he's opened up to the Lord.
0: That's great. I hope that our friends listening will think about times when they've experienced Narnia when they've experienced that longing and that breakthrough that experience, because I think as we remember those times in the past it helps it helps us with our longing now. It helps us remember I'm thinking of the children in the Narnia books and how sometimes it seems like when they're in Narnia, we never hear of them longing for to come back to life in England, but there is some times when Lewis shows us them in England and they're remembering Narnia and they're having some longing there that way and so i think it's good for us too
1: yeah longing is something that we can cultivate we can pray for our hearts to be warmed to god's presence we can remember ways that we've experienced god's presence in the past or even this very day and we can make much ado about the little things mm-hmm. you know often when we have conversation we do gratitude showers and yeah. you know what are you thankful for today or how have you sensed god's presence today and then yeah. we'll share with each other, and that, that can cultivate that that longing for God and this yearning that is. It's as one of my friends, uh, another pastor says, he calls it "happy sad." It's happy because we're talking about God moments, but it's sad because we don't have more of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See, and that's what Lewis is talking about in in longing for God. That's joy for Lewis. It's to realize how much we need God, how much we miss Him. Uh, maybe we're not feeling his presence right now, and we yearn for him, we pine for him. That, to Lewis, is joy, and I relate to that.
0: Yeah, well, and there's really no joy, I don't think, without some fulfillment of desire.
1: Yes, because as we come to the Lord uh, through prayer, through through scripture reading, through a worship service, through a soul talk with a friend, we begin to have that sense that uh, the love and grace of the Lord is near.
0: And that's where we get too easily pleased. We settle for something, some lesser pleasure that isn't the true joy of them breaking of God.
1: Which is what my friend was doing. He was finding some relaxation, some relief from the emptiness, the stress, and drinking, and then that just became more and more. And then before he knew what had happened, he had relapsed, and then he was embarrassed about it, but he couldn't stop, and so then he's hiding it, and he's just... You know, finds himself. You know, pretty much going through the motions. I mean, he's he's a professional, so he's and he's very knowledgeable, so he's still helpful to people and caring as you know much as he can be in his ministry. But in, in his heart, there's this disconnect from the Lord. He's, he's no longer able to pray. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not want. Mm-hmm. You know, it's more like well, alcohol is my shepherd; I shall not want. And so there's that great chasm now that's developed between him and the lord and that's replicating what he grew up with that sense of emptiness so we long for the lord's presence we we long for his touches of his loving kindness and his grace and we can actually uh, cultivate this longing and we we can look at our lives and see you know am am i living a life that is oriented towards appreciating god's presence and joining with what he's doing so I've been doing a little experiment recently to help with this, and listeners, you might not know that one of my hobbies is following the, the baseball teams, particularly the Chicago Cubs, where I'm from, and uh, the Los Angeles Angels here, where, where we live. But you've noticed, uh, Chrissy, the last couple of months, I haven't been uh, checking on the baseball scores or watching the highlights.
0: No, you haven't.
1: How's that felt for you? Oh, well,
0: it's been great. <laughs> I've loved it. You've been more present, Yeah.
1: Yeah, just a little experiment I did, uh, starting when we were on vacation in Europe to to see. well, you know, I'm going to check out from my email and all my work. I think I'll just set aside the baseball and just be present to Christy and David and Brianne on our vacation and our experiences. And I liked it so much. I thought, well, I think I'm just going to continue this a little longer and uh, just see. And yeah, I've noticed that I'm more attentive for conversations. Yeah. Quicker to take free time and pray, or to read.
0: That's great. <laughs> You've been surprised. Yeah,
1: because I enjoy baseball, I you know, watch a baseball game with a friend or with Jesus, and it's a good thing. Obviously, it's not a right. problem or something, but it, it brings up this point of, well, am I longing for God? Mm-hmm. And so, one way we find out is to do a fast. Mm-hmm. And traditionally, you know, we can fast from food to teach ourselves that uh, the manna from heaven is what we can feed on, and But we can fast from anything, and we fast from things that are good or permissible, Mm -hmm. but it helps us to appreciate the best thing, which is that the door to Narnia is open. Yes. The Lord is present.
0: And I think we also can see the door to Narnia being open, God's presence, sometimes in hindsight, when we miss it maybe in the present, thankfully. So I'm thinking about when we were on our trip in London and we were driving to in England to Oxford, and we were listening to Focus on the Family's radio theater drama C.S. Lewis at War, and we really enjoyed listening to that mm-hmm. together while we were there. And I recommend it to our listeners.
1: We had some great spiritual conversations.
0: Yeah, but one of the things that you see there is here that was that was all set in this time of World War II, and it looks so horrible what's going on, and it seems like God, where are you in this? And we we can't see the inbreaking of God. And then now looking back, we see them breaking of God. Oh my word, look how God used that. And here, Lewis cooperated with God and in breaking to record these radio shows that ended up to be the book of mere Christianity. There's a breakthrough that we could easily miss.
1: Yeah, Lewis's whole career turned on that and him being asked mm-hmm. to do some public radio broadcasts. And uh, I mean, his peers there at Oxford College. Ridiculed him about yeah. this, thinking that he was simplifying the um, intellectual truth and yeah. so forth, and dumbing it all down, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, and being so Christian, being so explicit yeah. in, in talking about his love for God and, and serving the Lord and so forth. But it, it opened up his, his teachings to uh, all of England and then all of the world.
0: Mm-hmm. And then Mrs. Moore, who was kind of like a, a mother to him at that point, Patty's mom, who he lived with was not supportive either. She was so fearful about him taking the train and all the bombings and you know she didn't like him doing it. He didn't really have support. He had a lot of opposition there, but he he trusted that God God was leading him to do this mm-hmm. and look at this herald, how there was this great thing in breaking of the kingdom of God even in this dark time.
1: yeah his his faith and confidence in in the voice of the Lord calling him to do this as he wrestled through in prayer. Was this a good use of his time? You know, he really took his time to pray about that. And so he he followed the the voice of Aslan, uh, even though he couldn't uh, see him, Mm -hmm. so to speak. He didn't really know what was going to happen. And wow, Wow. what God has done. I mean, Mere Christianity, what an amazing book that is. I was reading some of that even just this morning as I was uh, having my breakfast. Yeah, so we're so thankful for C.S. Lewis and how he opens up the wardrobe and into Narnia and the, the light of heaven comes streaming in. Sometimes we're able to, to feel that and really be blessed by that. And even in those cases, we're, we're left with a certain sadness that we don't always feel this way and we want more. Uh, other times, you know, we don't feel God's presence and we struggle with that. And we go through these different seasons of consolation and desolation, of blessing and trial. But always the Lord is near and uh, always the kingdom of God is at hand, and always we can take whatever we're doing and uh, bring it to the Lord into the spiritual reality of the Father's world. And when we're in partnership with God, he does great things. Mm. We don't always see it right away. Sometimes it takes a long time, but we certainly see that in retrospect. We look at C.S. Lewis's legacy, all his writings that we're reading today, and and the story of my friend who... Uh, is now in recovery from his addiction to alcohol and flourishing and his ministry and his family illustrates the same point that no, God breaks through mm-hmm. and our part is to trust him and keep walking with him step-by-step.
0: Step. Thank you, Lord. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you would help each of us to live anticipating and longing for you to be attentive and to notice your presence and your action and spirituality in your kingdom that's here with us now, and not to get discouraged and caught off guard and distracted by the difficulties, by the pains, by the frustrations, uh, by what seems like unanswered prayer at the time, but to continue to persevere in faith and trust and hope and calling out to you and longing for you, and then to celebrate and take notice and remember those times when we do experience your inbreaking of spiritual reality here with us, that joy, Lord, that you give us. We thank you and praise you that the joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. Bill and I would like to say a special thank you to you, our donors. This podcast is supported and funded by those of you who are giving generously to the ministry of Soul Shepherding. You can do that by going to soulshepherding.org or by clicking the link in our podcast notes. We really appreciate your prayerful generosity investment in all the ministry of Soul Shepherding, including the Soul Talks podcast. Thank you and God bless you.
1: Thank you for joining us on the Soul Talks podcast. To find out more about growing in your life and leadership,
0: subscribe to the podcast and visit us at soulshepherding.org. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram.